0: gates and ready to go hot might with honey with throw is underway the monday edition has arrived and chad we've got bobby carpenter john merriman coming up later in the show and plenty of reaction to the divisional round of the nfl playoffs and much more in the headlines department but we start with what has been a fantastic weekend of football capped off by what's going to be some great matchups for the nfc and afc championship games
1: Yeah, one of uh, the media darlings and nation's darlings team, the Detroit Lions, moving on. The other one, the lovable loser, Buffalo Bills. Well, they lovably lose once again in horrific fashion uh, for any Bills fans out there. And plenty to react to from over the weekend. It'll be great having Bobby on
0: later in the show and Sean Merriman. Hudden, an eventful weekend, and we can't wait to talk about all of it. Yeah, and it sets up two great quarterback matchups, too, with different storylines. Uh, Mahomes and Jackson. Lamar Jackson getting the win over Houston. Baltimore advances after a 1-3 and three playoff record. Lamar Jackson, the presumed MVP of the NFL in 2023-24, he plays a, a great game, especially in the second half, making some uh, quick adjustments at halftime with getting the football out fast and then they dominate in the second half against Houston. That sets up a matchup against the team they're going to have to go through. Any team would. Buffalo can't get past Kansas City. Can Baltimore. And then the nightcap, we will see Jared Goff against Brock Purdy for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Jared Goff, who was traded away after taking the Rams to a Super Bowl, where they lost to the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And Brock Purdy, who couldn't make it past the championship weekend a year ago because of the elbow injury. And they immediately went back to him in San Fran. They said, no, he's the presumed starter until he proves he's not. Many wanted the opportunity for maybe even Sam Darnold to get a look during a three-game skid where San Francisco dropped games and Purdy wasn't playing well. No, they stuck with him. And here he is coming up in the clutch when it mattered most in a drive to go and get the win over Green Bay. The Goff-Purdy QB matchup for the right to play in the Super Bowl 58 is uh, interesting. The storyline of the last pick in the draft, and then, of course, Jared Goff, who was forgotten, supposed to be a placeholder, and now he has the Detroit Lions on the doorstep of the opportunity to win their first World Championship, their first Super Bowl.
1: It's great. First overall pick versus last overall pick in a quarterback matchup. But surprisingly enough, both guys who were doubted extremely uh, along the way, one showed up on draft day, or maybe I should say the last draft day, because that's where he went to the 49ers, and no one thought Brock Purdy was going to be anything approaching a star in the NFL after his time at Iowa State. But here is Brock Purdy once again, leading this 49ers organization that has become a trademark for consistency under Kyle Shanahan, but not yet winning the Super Bowl. Speaking of not yet winning the Super Bowl, how about Jared Goff? That's the one knock on his career. Got the Rams to the Super Bowl, and they couldn't do anything offensively against the Patriots in that Super Bowl down in Atlanta. So the Rams decided, we're not going to get over that mountain with you. We need someone better than you. So we trade you to the Detroit Lions. And what happens in year one? The Rams go on to win the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, the former Lions quarterback. And now Jared Goff has been left to build it up, not back up, build it up for the first time in Detroit. And now you got Goff outlasting Matthew Stafford in a terrific game. They look even more at ease in a win against Tampa. This is set up now for the quarterback who everyone loved as the number one overall pick but then fell out of love with. that got shipped off to Siberia of the NFL, which is Detroit, Michigan, versus the quarterback that coming out of college, no one thought anything of. But Kyle Shanahan saw enough to think, hey, we'll take a flyer on this guy. And if one of our top picks, Trey Lance, doesn't work out, we'll give him an opportunity. And he's done the most of that opportunity. And here's an opportunity for one of these guys to get to their first Super Bowl. And for Detroit side of this, their first Super Bowl ever. It's a great story of that matchup of these two guys head-to-head. Um, Jared Goff from the area also, yeah. uh, from Marin County, California, in the San Francisco, the greater San Francisco area. It's everything you want in a QB matchup. And Brock Purdy did not look good the other night until that final drive. The, the 49ers offense did not look very good without Debo Samuel for three quarters of that game, but... He found a way
0: in crunch time to to make it happen. And that's where the quarterbacks are judged yep. in that moment, even in a bad performance or a, a subpar outing. He comes up with that with that drive. Jordan Love didn't, which we'll get to. Chad, going back to Detroit, there's something that is nothing short of perfect to me about this Lions season. Because they were the media darling, like Houston's about to be this coming offseason. Detroit was that last year. After a 1-5 start in year two, for what was uh, the regime of Campbell and Holmes, uh, head coach and GM. After winning three games, they ended up winning eight and then had all the momentum going into the offseason. And then they've now paired that with an NFC championship appearance on the road against San Francisco. And on the flip side, the fan base of Buffalo, they're always entertained. And now for the third time in the last four years, they end their season with a loss to Kansas City. And they do so Sunday night with a kick that goes wide right after a bomb from Josh Allen goes through the hands of their superstar receiver, Stephon Diggs. You have one fan base who has set the noise record in a stadium multiple times in each of the last two weeks. And they're buying in, and rightfully so, for an organization that has had 11 head coaches and six general managers. They've gone through an 0-16 season, and they finally win their first division title for the first time since 1993. They win a playoff game. They've now won back-to-back games and a chance to go win the Super Bowl for the first time. And they have to go through San Fran, who's represented the NFC for, what, the third straight season in this game? And they are a team that always wins in the divisional round. They've won six or seven straight now in the divisional round. And they have to go on the road and beat a very talented and star-studded lineup for the 49ers. Buffalo can't get get over the hump. They cannot get over Kansas City. Detroit has had to get over a lot. And they have now built their franchise around some players. I mean, drafting high, Chad, you're supposed to be able to have some really good players that come through the door. And I guess they have. They've been mismanaged. Ownership's been an issue. The structure of the organization, from head coach to general manager to quarterback to uh, uh, star-studded uh, uh, players that decide to retire early. Now they have Hutchinson and Sewell and St. Brown. Uh, they also have Laporta and Gibbs. And on the defense, Branch, Brian Branch. I mean, they, they, there are others too. But they have Goff, who's just been confident. And he's been critical to what they do offensively. And in the moment, he's making those plays. I'm, I am thrilled for Lions fans. And I am bummed for the Buffalo fans that, well, have to go through another offseason of anger, disappointment, sadness, doubt. And it's going to be a different offseason for them because they are in salary cap hell. Like 41 or 43 million over the cap. And Josh Allen's cap hit is going to go extremely high and through the roof this offseason and they have what clearly is uh, a disgruntled wide receiver and a distraction from the offseason this past year with Diggs and allen that was something was just off and something was definitely off on that final possession with the drop on the 60 yard bomb downfield that was the first play of a drive that ended with the wide right kick by tyler bass and had everyone uh looking at history instead of the future
1: Yeah, Khalil Shakir looks like the star receiver for the Buffalo Bills, and that's a problem for the Bills because Stephon Diggs should be the star receiver. They have not been on the same wavelength. You mentioned that drop late, but I'll go to a play after that even where they got a chance to win the game if he throws it underneath to a wide-open Stephon Diggs, and instead he's looking deep down Hmm. the field for who? Shakir, who came up with that big touchdown earlier, who became a star for the Bills in these last couple of playoff games. Now, he's affected a little bit by bodies around him, throw short, or that would have been a possible win for the Bills. I, I want to go back to before that, though, even, w- with this this Bills team. That fumble by Josh Allen. My, oh, my, how different the narrative is. Yes, if yes. They, if the Chiefs recover that fumble and not his own offensive lineman, because now the blame goes to the missed kick, and everybody's going to talk about Tyler Bass wide right again. For the Buffalo Bills. Two words, no Bills fan ever wants to hear again. And that's all they're thinking about today. But if Josh Allen fumbles there and that's how they end up eventually lose that game, it's a lot more talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen was terrific in this game for, for the most part. He bailed them out a number of times. That touchdown throw to Shakir was miraculous. I have no idea how he made that thing happen. And when he caught it in bounds, I was blown away. That was Josh Allen. It took a Mecole Hardman stupid play of trying to extend the football at the goal line to give them that opportunity. But they had the opportunity, and they came up short, and they couldn't make that the biggest play, that sort of microcosm of everything, not the drop by Diggs, but to me it was Allen not first looking at Diggs the whole way and missing him wide open, and instead of electing to throw it deep down the field to this guy who was a complete no-name coming into this season – That had a chance at it, but threw it a little bit short. Josh Allen is Peyton Manning. That's what I really feel about this guy. He is this generation's Peyton Manning. Not from a play style standpoint. Peyton Manning couldn't run the way Josh Allen could. Josh Allen isn't quite the processor of information the way Peyton Manning was. They're different quarterbacks. But their trajectory, I believe, I really do, Bills fans, I believe this, is on the same path. This guy will win a Super Bowl. And probably more than one. Because there was a time in Peyton Manning's career where everyone said he can't beat Florida, couldn't, get, couldn't do that in college, he's never going to beat Brady and the Patriots, not going to happen, not even going to get to a Super Bowl. And what eventually happened was they had a big comeback against the Patriots in an AFC championship game. Colts got to a Super Bowl, won it. The dude went on to win two Super Bowls for two different organizations and play in two others over the course of his career. I could see Josh Allen having a similar trajectory. And keep this in mind also, Josh Allen has won five playoff games already. This is his sixth year. At the conclusion of his sixth season, Peyton Manning had not won a single playoff game yet. Josh Allen has done some things. He hasn't done the ultimate thing yet. But call it hope against hope, blind faith, whatever. I know Bills fans are struggling right now. I believe Josh Allen's going to win a Super Bowl. I think that is going to be his team and this Bills team destiny eventually. And it reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning of a generation before. And Mahomes is his Brady. That That's the mountain they've got to get across. They've got to find a way to beat the Chiefs in Mahomes. And Hutton, we know
0: how difficult that is for anyone in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, but the, you go through Buffalo to get to Kansas City, is, is what we're seeing. But then Buffalo, whenever they're knocking off the, the contenders, they can't be one either because of what Kansas City has done. It, it was uh, another th- – this season where, in the regular season, Mahomes – has had 1,000 less passing yards, 12 fewer touchdowns in the regular season compared to last year. Last year, he didn't have Tyreek Hill either. Still threw for 5,000 yards in a season. Uh, What they're doing in KC really starts on defense. Uh, Mahomes comes up big, but I thought the the, the two uh, comparisons defensively for these franchises, the Bills are old. They rely on speed more than size. And... By and large, that's okay whenever you're healthy. I mean, they went in with four healthy linebackers all back. Milano's their best player, and he's hurt. And whenever you're relying on speed and your top-tier guys are injured, what do you have left? Well, KC, meanwhile, by the way, they're older. KC, meanwhile, young, fast, and a bit bigger, and they rely more on the, the pressure up front on the defensive line. That, to me, was a big difference in how Kansas City was able to put up the points that they did uh, with the 27 instead of an offense that looks like they can barely get three touchdowns. Mahomes was really good. So was Josh Allen. He's been really good in the postseason. Really good in the postseason. Ten career playoff games. He has 27 touchdowns to four interceptions. They are five and five with zero Super Bowl appearances. That's due to Kansas City. That's also due to the Buffalo Bills because... This was the year to bust down the door. Yeah, especially KC, with the home game. You've got KC on the road. You have an offense that was starting to pick up the pace, but also a, a team that was winning in different ways and has been in a postseason mode now for a few weeks now, having to make sure they made the postseason. And it was a Chiefs team that's just different, structured in a much different way than they were a year ago. And they still couldn't do it. And it really just... Chad... They went to Diggs a couple other times on that same drive. It was a long drive. Diggs was just off the mark. He wasn't getting separation close to the quarterback. Allen and, and he was, just, they were just not in sync. And it starts on that bomb where you, you see Allen. He's I don't know if he makes a better throw in his career that nobody will remember. Yeah. It was on the mark and it was a bomb. And Diggs is known for coming down with those. Yeah, he if he, launched, catches he that, launched that ball into the stratosphere. I was thinking, is this thing going to stay in the stadium? The way he yeah. released it in the, at the time, it was, I mean, it was, it was launched. And, and the fact he dropped it, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. This is the time to go grab it, and they couldn't do it. And you've got Tyler Bass who misses wide right, but I'm still thinking to myself, it starts with that drop. You could it, not
1: leave it up to great that.
0: Great player to great player. A 44-yard field goal in
1: not great conditions, I'm thinking this is not going to end well for the Bills. And even if they kick it and make it and tie it, you know, still with time left, I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to go down and kick a field goal. Something. Or do something to win the game. So not yeah. scoring that touchdown, it felt like it was over then. And then we got confirmation that the Bills were going to Bills themselves once again once he missed the field goal. It, you knew that was coming. Um the, the, the old, the, it's an elderly defense for the Bills. You brought that up. That, that's an issue they're going to have to address, how old they are uh, on defense. The Chiefs were so bad on offense this year compared to their grade yes. standard. And you had 51 combined points in this game, four lead changes, and then no points in the final, what, 13, 14 minutes of the game? And it sucks for the Bills because you got that play that Mahomes and the Chiefs, they don't give you. You had the break. You were going to go down two possessions, and they're at the goal line, and you get a fumble into the end zone, and that's where I'm thinking maybe this is their their year. This is their chance. They got the big break, and now oh. they're going to go down and do something with it on a play that I don't know how much closer it could be. And when you and when I I, I was looking at Josh Allen's face, yes, when he's leaving the field, and it, you just. Sometimes you just know. You can feel it. And I'm thinking, this is now left totally up to chance. And we know chance does not favor the Buffalo Bills. This is bad. They had to take that thing in their own hands and take destiny in their own grasp yeah. and go down and score a touchdown. And when they left it up to a kicker in bad conditions, I just felt like it was over. And you could tell by Mahomes' reaction. I mean, it's well, – think, think of the bullet they dodged to go to Buffalo in that environment, which was terrific. It came through the TV how loud it was there. Terrific environment. They do need to do something the NFL does about throwing snowballs on the field to affect play. I'm surprised there's no announcements or anything about, hey, maybe stop throwing snowballs at receivers in the end zone as they're going to try to catch the ball. Anyway, great atmosphere. And for the Chiefs to win it that way, even when they gave the Bills that late game break the way they did, you got to feel like you stole one if
0: you're them. Chad, I thought about uh, a comparison um over the weekend, or yesterday, to to Kansas City, which is, uh, several years ago, we were seeing Golden State with the Warriors after several NBA Finals appearances and going on this dynasty run where they were starting the season just sluggish. And during that time frame, you and I had the chat about, are they just kind of going through the motions? Are they bored because they've been so dominant? I think, while KC has not been bored with it, they've had reasons to change a narrative with, Trading away Tyreek Hill, uh, they flipped their defense around to where the defense was carrying the team this year instead of the receivers that were dropping passes. Uh, this road mentality, I think, does flip it up a bit, where they're more playing villain, and I think that does feed into. Mahomes was even saying to the uh, prior to the game, like, "Hey, I, I don't mind playing the, the bad guy here. I've got to go on the road and do it," and in the hopes and dreams again of the Buffalo Bills fans, and he does it. He does it yet again, and he comes up with Kelsey, who in the moment is clutch. I mean, they they find ways to come up big in the biggest moments, that duo. It's incredible. Um, and that second Kelsey touchdown was oh, yeah. uh, a play from
1: Alex Smith years. It goes back yeah, to yeah. him as a rookie and young guy in the league that they put into the playbook this week, and Kelsey was begging to run that play against this Bills defense on that really quick screen, and uh, they do it, and they score a touchdown on it. Does this feel like Kelsey's retiring? With all the reports out that he may be done after this season? Because his brother's going
0: out too. Does this feel like a swan, swan song? Uh, if they win it, 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 this feels like a Gronk storyline. More than it does like a definitive. This feels too a, a bit like the Rams, where we had the Rams going through the Super Bowl run and right before the game, everyone's wondering, is you know is McVay going to step away and go to TV? Is Aaron Donald going to retire? And then you, cu- you bring it back you bring it back again because you have you're with Mahomes. You're with Mahomes. The NFL doesn't need him to retire. I know that. Much, I wonder what would make Taylor him Swift. more
1: likely to retire, uh, a loss or a Super Bowl win. I think a Super Bowl win would probably make him more likely to do I it. I think Taylor would make If him more he wanted him. to do it. Well, certainly Taylor Swift plays a part in this. If there, if he's contemplating retirement, I think being with Taylor Swift. I don't think we'd be is. blind to say that's not a part of the decision because he's now with the biggest star is. on the planet. Um, he doesn't look like a guy who's about to retire. No, in that game, he's still making some. Well, but he made plays. a comment
0: to Peter King after the game, as he's getting on a cart, uh, to go to see Taylor Swift and his brother Jason. He's like, "This is why you play games like this. This is what makes it like the 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 back and forth and the the duo between Allen and the duel between Allen and Mahomes and the atmosphere and the kick and you have Mahomes in the locker." like The ball just froze there, just hung there, watching it from the sideline. I, that doesn't sound like a player who wants to just step away from that moment.
1: Je- I, I don't Je- think so either, but the maybe, moment,
0: maybe Taylor will force him to There's do still another moment to get there, though, with KC having to go now to Baltimore and face off against another quarterback who is riding and driving down his own path And man, is he on a march. And that's Lamar Jackson. I I don't know that
1: we're, I'll raise my hand and say it. I didn't think they were going to win this game for for a lot of time. I thought certainly that the Texans would cover and that it'd be very close. I'm thinking we've seen Lamar Jackson in the playoffs before. He's not been good. I don't think the extra rest was going to help the offense. But once again, the Ravens, they're dominant. They're the best team in the NFL. And the numbers back it up. They've played six games against teams that at the time were three-plus games over 500. something that the Dolphins would do, and they wouldn't come close to winning the game. What have the Ravens done in those games? They're 6-0. They average winning by 26.2 points against the league's best. They are destroying good teams in the NFL. They destroyed in the second half. Once they decided to not let Lamar Jackson be a statue for five seconds uh, back there, just looking for guys and getting sacked or getting pressured. Once it was a quick release game or a quarterback run game, they dominated that second half in, uh, in, in route to a route of the Houston Texans. Lamar Jackson was good, really good in the second half. This is the best team in the NFL. This is when we go back and talk about Bills and Chiefs and Chiefs winning it. If the Chiefs can go on the road and go to Baltimore, Baltimore hosting a conference championship game for the first time since 1971 when they were the Baltimore Colts. In that environment, this is even a bigger challenge for the Chiefs because I think we've slept on just how dominant this Ravens team is, especially when they go against some of the best in the league. And the Texans have been one of the better teams in the league this year, certainly late in the year. And with their previous
0: playoff win against a really good defense with the Browns. And the Ravens had no problems. They, uh, the, the Texans went into this game having 25 touchdown drives in their last nine games. And you mentioned the Browns. They put 31 on the Browns' defense. And they managed a field goal. But One here's the field thing. goal. They had a punt return for a touchdown. That was it, points-wise. Here, here is the, here's the difference in what Lamar Jackson's doing. It is just the savvy and the clarity that he has over managing a game now. The reason why Houston was down the way they were late in the game from midway through the third quarter to the end of the game, they held, they held the ball for like four and a half minutes total time of possession. I mean, they, the, the Baltimore offense smothered them. And they couldn't get the football back because of these long drives. Long drives that end in points. And you mentioned the, the adjustments that they made with holding the football and, and what Le, uh, Lamar did. At halftime, he told, he, he, he said, hey, let, let's, went to the offensive staff, including T. Martin, who's the quarterback coach there, and said, hey, uh, we got to get the ball out fast. They were looking at the numbers. He was averaging three and a half seconds per attempt in the first half against the Texans. And you're right. It felt like he was holding it for seven seconds back there in many cases. They wanted to keep him in the pocket and and exploit uh, Houston's secondary that they felt they could get after. What is is the best receiving core that Lamar's had in Baltimore? He's throwing dimes. He was doing so in the first half. But they shortened the release time to 2.7, from 3.5 to 2.7 on average. And they started moving the football. 232 total yards for Lamar Jackson in the second half. 132 were pass, 100 rushing. And he had the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely, but also two rushing touchdowns. He's running the football. I mean, they're still doing the RPO game, which we saw Saturday. The difference is, he's also distributing the ball. to Zay Flowers, he's got Odell Beckham Jr., Bateman, and now uh, Likely, and they're likely to get... Uh, some players back offensively this week as well. So I, I look at the challenge for Kansas City and think this is, this is something where Baltimore has a chance to grab the, the brass ring the same way Buffalo did. Much different game and game plan. But Chad, this is a Kansas City team that just doesn't take no for an answer. They welcome a challenge and they stand up to the challenge because of who's a quarterback. And if they can go to the Super Bowl this year, it really is remarkable because
1: Baltimore's way better. They're the better football team. That they have been all year. And if it can I'm not saying I'm not counting Kansas City out, but if Kansas City goes to Baltimore and wins this, it's all about the moxie of Mahomes and that team. And knowing that their season starts in the playoffs and knowing how to win and how to get it done better than anyone else in the AFC. It's it's really simply that because I watch what the Chiefs have done all year and what the Ravens have done, and the Ravens are the better team. They got the better offense. Todd Munkin's done a terrific job with that offense with the Ravens. McDonald, great defensive coordinator. They're able to scheme it in a way that affects almost everyone. They've been the better team all year. And they get this game at home. The Bills were also, I think, the better team than the Chiefs. And they were hotter late in the year just to get to that point to host that playoff game. And what happens? What always happens? Mahomes and the Chiefs find a way to get it done in the end, even if it's a missed field goal by the opposition. The Ravens had to figure out a way to counter that, get over this hump, because I I think they're the better team in this game. And Lamar Jackson's going to be the MVP. And they've been dominating teams that are good teams, three-plus games over 500. They get another one with the Chiefs. Uh, Can't wait to watch it. But I I think both those quarterback matchups, Goff versus Purdy, and then Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes,
0: I'm – I'm ready for every second of these games. Well, their only loss, um, the Ravens, you mentioned, against playoff teams, not just teams with three or better games above 500, just playoff teams. They're 7-2 this season against teams that made the postseason. A combined score of 268-154, to 154, and their only loss uh, came in a close divisional game, uh, one of their losses, uh, without Lamar Jackson. So in, it, if you just look at what Baltimore's done, defensively, They're doing things defenses have never done. The Ravens entered the postseason with a defense that led the NFL in points allowed, sacks, and takeaways. And that's the first defense to ever lead in all of those three categories. Now they're facing Mahomes and a lightened receiving core. Still have to deal with Kelsey. And, you know, you've got some injuries now that we're still going to wait on uh, for Kansas City's offensive line out of this game. But Mark Andrews could come back for Baltimore, too. This week, he was close this past week. And this is the next hurdle for Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are one in three with Lamar Jackson against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was the one in three playoff record that everyone pointed to going into this past week for Lamar Jackson. This is the new narrative now, the next hurdle. And the question is, can a guy who is locked in and laser focused and Lamar Jackson, who um, I, I think after the game, Chad, against the Bills, Mahomes and Andy Reid went out of their way to go ahead and praise Lamar Jackson. Did you notice this? How they love the guy? This is going to be a great game. And then you, that's the first of a doubleheader where we get Goff and Purdy with another great storyline. And we've already seen, are we about to see a rematch? Baltimore and San Francisco? Because everyone jumped on the Ravens bandwagon when they went to San Francisco and left with a big win.
1: Well, this time, instead of John facing his brother, he'll be facing Kyle Shanahan. If, they, if it's
0: 49ers-Ravens again, it could very well be. How about this stat? Mahomes, 8-2 in the playoffs when trailing by seven or more points in a game. Kansas City, 8-2 with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And the last 13 AFC Championship games have either featured Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Well, Mahomes,
1: I wanted to bring that point up where he said, I'm comfortable playing the villain, or he knows he's the villain when he goes into Buffalo in a game like that. He better get really comfortable playing the villain because he is going to become Brady. If this team that struggled all year offensively finds a way to get it going in the playoffs and wins a third Super Bowl before he's 29 years old, he's on a Brady and even better path at that point. That's the path he's on, is winning six, seven Super – I mean, what – What is in line for Patrick Mahomes if he gets his third Super Bowl ring this year of all years? The sky's the limit. So he's only going to become more and more of the villain to everyone else in the NFL because of that success. Brady embraced that role. He loved it. And then by the end of his career, he was more of a likable figure, kind of the granddad of the league. That could be the same path that Patrick Mahomes is on right now. Another crazy stat that I saw, and I think I'm I'm remembering this correctly. Matt LaFleur losing a fourth-quarter lead. In a divisional round game. In the divisional playoff round, Matt LaFleur has now done that twice. He's 2-2 two two when leading going into the fourth quarter. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick are a combined 17-0 and 0 when leading wow. at any point in the fourth quarter of the divisional round.
0: Combined. And LaFleur's lost it twice in that game. And this is Shanahan's first win when trailing by five or more points in the fourth? Is that right? Did I read that right? That's crazy, for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. How about okay? How about seventeen zero though for having a lead at any point That's, in the divisional round for Reed and and I mean, Belichick? You just, you just get to think about the never quarterback. never lost the lead. You're not gonna you don't have to worry about it. That, yeah. Okay. This is let's go to the the losing quarterbacks here this weekend. We've been we've hit on Josh Allen. C.J. Stroud is going to get back to a moment in the postseason where I think he fully takes advantage of the moment. He's that good. He's a big game quarterback. Um, He's also younger than the guys we're about to bring up. Baker Mayfield and what Tampa did and the way they played this game, I think they're going to get back to this moment. I think they're going to try to run it back, and they're in a division where, I mean, it's a toss-up, and normally if you win that division, you don't win the following year. It's been a while since we've seen a team go back-to-back in the NFC South, even in a bad division. But the question of Jordan Love, he had a nine-game stretch. He had 21 touchdown passes and one interception over a nine-game stretch going into this game. I don't know how that guy, with that stretch, makes the throw he made or attempts the throw he made that ends the ballgame across his body, And throwing into an abyss. I don't know why he did that. With the ball, a chance to go and take advantage of either tying the game or winning the game. I don't know uh, how much confidence they're going to have in Carlson, the kicker, (laughs) to tie the game after Purdy drove down and got it. And he'd already missed previously to extend the lead. But man, what a moment that was missed right there. Trying to make something happen. And I think the pressure of the moment got to him. The ill-advised throw, which as soon as it left his hand, it, what is he doing? What are you doing, Jordan Love? Don't make that throw. Don't make that throw and make Lafleur lose another game where you've got the lead.
1: And they're the youngest team in the NFL, but they they only have one more year left of that great situation where he's on his rookie deal. Next year is his fifth year in that contract, so. While it seems, hey, this is a team that's windows just open up, I believe that, but it's going to change cap-wise once they have to give him the money he's about to make. And I think Jordan Love's about to get a big contract after this next yeah. year from the Packers to be the guy, but make hay next year. They did a good job this year. On Thanksgiving morning, no one woke up thinking the, the Packers were going to be in the divisional playoffs leading the no, 49ers on the absolutely road not. You're right, with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, so they did a good job this year. They need to make hay next year. Big Red watching on X writes in uh, talking about Patrick Mahomes and says, You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's Mahomes' trajectory yeah. at the moment. He is. He's becoming that. It's not because people hate Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, or they, they want him to fail because of who he is or any of that. It's because people get sick of seeing the same team win all the time. It happened to Brady. It's happened to everyone in, in sports. If you have enough success, that's where Mahomes is heading. And I think just like Brady, he's going to be fine with that. I think he's driven enough and competitive enough that he will find a way to be very comfortable not being the darling of everyone, wanting the,
0: people wanting to see him do well. He'll thrive on people wanting to see him fail also. How about the teams playing at home? They're 8-2 and two in the postseason. Playing at home certainly has its advantages. The two losses, the Dallas Cowboys, who had won 16 straight, and Buffalo, who's 8-1 and one at home this year. Couldn't get it done. What was it like, Chad? You've got family members. Did you hear from them? That yeah, my,
1: my brother-in-law went pretty silent uh, after the game, which I I, I don't, so. don't blame him. We were on the, the family group text about everybody pulling for the Bills and commenting here and there during the game. Um, he's he's better today. He I've I mentioned it's an optimistic bunch, believe it or not. Uh, I think they're forced to be, right? When you're buried up your waist in snow half the year and you're losing on wide right field goals all the time, you have no choice, but to uh, right. hopefully be yeah. optimistic about the future. And I, I am optimistic about Josh Allen. That, that's the key thing for the Bills. They've got the quarterback. That dude's awesome. The, they're going to eventually get it done. It's going to happen. I feel that for the Bills, but man, was that a missed opportunity. Well, this To have window. that Chiefs team on the ropes and at home in that environment, and it, it, to, it, to me, it's not about the missed field goal. It's about the missed. Stephon Diggs wide open. Then you had a guy in the end zone that he was throwing to just threw it short. That opportunity to not go down and score with the ball after being handed the football on a fumble into the end zone, the most punitive play in football, fumbling it at the goal line. And if it goes an inch forward and not an inch backwards, you give the other team the ball at the 20. They got that break and then couldn't capitalize on so, it. Th- that's what's going to haunt this team more than anything else.
0: I, I find it... I, I do smile at the fact that all of a sudden, um, when you consider the two teams involved and the moment, that all, all of a sudden they're going to consider changing the rule of fumbling through the end zone and an automatic touchback. All of a sudden, because it's Mahomes and Allen. We've seen this. It happens once or twice in a, a, a season where the local media the local shows are covering this is a too punitive of a rule that affects the uh, one team much greater than the other. Fumbling before you reach the end zone, going through the end zone out of bounds. Uh, all of a sudden, because it's Allen Mahomes and it's Kansas City Buffalo, where they've changed a rule already uh, for an overtime policy. They weren't changing it prior to that, but as soon as it happens in a window where they've got greatness right there, they're going to change it. Maybe they do. But I think the issue regarding this potential change, though, that they're going to consider is what alternative rule are you putting in? So if you do fumble, are you getting the the ball at the one where you fumble through you the end zone? Can't fumble forward,
1: I guess it's just a it's are like it, going out of bounds. But if you fumble it forward into the end zone, then you're
0: just it's where the ball was fumbled. Instead of just automatically, you know, awarding possession to the defense.
1: I I, I don't like the rule. It is too punitive. I I understand all that. I'll say this though about it. This is the unintended consequence of this that I won't like if it happens. Okay. It gives you no deterrent to just go crazy around the goal line with trying to extend that thing in the end zone. And I'm talking like guys getting hit by two dudes on fourth down and just launching the ball into the air forward, uh, you know, not caring about dropping it at all where the ball's almost being thrown out of the end zone. At times, not only on a fourth down, second down, third down, you get close to that thing. You don't care one bit as long as that ball's momentum is going towards the end zone, because at worst, you're going to get the ball again right there at the goal line. I don't like that because if you're going to take the ball into one hand or you're rolling over a, like, like the, the photo we're going to show you of me, Hardman rolling down on a body but going to the ground. I'm going to extend the ball Look blindly behind my back. There should be a deterrent for that. You don't do that on any other part of the field. You do it around the goal line and right now the deterrent is well if you fumble doing that and it goes in the end zone, that's a big time penalty for your team because the other team's going to get the 20 instead of you having another crack at it from the goal line. So I don't want to see that part of it. And I do I I don't mind it as much when I see someone dumbly on uh, in a dumb way on something that's not fourth down trying to extend the ball in the end zone they should be punished for that um you should be punished for that one if it's fourth down
0: it's one thing and you fumble into the end zone but there there's no reason to do it jason mccourty uh, says this because there's a lot of reaction to it everyone wants to change this to uh, you know not not awarding the other team uh in such a, a harsh way McCordy tweets and says, for those wanting to change this fumble touchback role, every offensive player is taught to never reach the ball unless it's the last play of the game or fourth and goal. It's okay to reward the defense for making a play.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also okay to penalize someone for making a dumb play. That's kind of well, my, my point about it. I, I want the deterrent to be there. I, I understand it's an extreme deterrent, but I want that to be in place because you shouldn't be doing that if it's not fourth down or an end of the game situation in, in some way. But there's no reason to
0: do it. If you uh, grab a face mask, if you uh, chop block, if you, you know, we can say whatever, helmet to helmet, uh, you may get ejected from the game if it's that intentional. But you're not giving possession to the other team. You know, it's not an automatic touchback. So I I understand where the the rule is extremely harsh. I also, I mean, how many times did you have to watch this replay? But you do fumble it.
1: I mean, on the flip side of this, I'll take McCourty's uh, argument here on this. You fumble anywhere on the field, you risk giving the ball up. Right. So you fumbled at the goal line, you risk giving the ball up. So instead of the other team recovering, if you fumbled at four in the end zone, it's the other team's ball. I mean, it's not completely out of the ordinary. I get what you're saying. If there's a face mask, it's not an automatic turnover, or anything else, but when you throw the ball in the air and risk interception, if it's intercepted, you're doing you fumble the ball in the 50. If the other team gets it, it's their ball. You fumble the ball at the one. If they recovered at the one, it's their ball. So it's the same difference Watch, there.
0: watch the NFL change something now. But every, practically every rule benefits offense. Offense is way down this year. I and mean, there's a really bad offense. Practically every rule benefits the offense. And it, I if, just don't if want it, it to become flag football down at the goal
1: line with guys doing acrobatics to get the ball in one hand to try to yeah. extend it, or the quarterback just, just automatically. B- yeah, because there's the no style. there's no deterrent. Right, you snap the ball at the one, the quarterback, and just you know go Air Jordan into the end yeah. zone. And if he happens to, fl- hey, if I'm getting hit too hard, just throw the thing out of the end zone because yeah, I'm going to get it right it. back here anyway. We'll get it right yeah. back.
0: That's right. Ratings massive. For this game, we'll tell you about that. Plus, uh, alphas and betas of the week. And unfortunately
1: for the ratings, people had to hear Tony Romo again because he was bad. And I don't know what the hell's going on because he knows those two teams. He was yeah, bad. Something's something's, something's off.
0: Something's off between that pair, and they're they're about to call the Super Bowl. That's next on Hotline. Hot Mike with With Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network, streaming live each and every day at outkick.com/watch. Bookmark that page. You can join us in any program live right here at outkick.com/watch, or you just go to Outkick, click the Watch tab, and we're right there live.
1: Hutton, uh, we're men of influence in certain ways, right? You know, we we have things we can get done if we choose to do. We get hit up for tickets a lot. To, to different right, things yes. from people. Hey, do you know someone? It's usually like, hey, do you know someone selling? But really, is that you know? Can you get me free tickets to this? Yes. But every so often, I get a request that's just show, so shocking that I don't. I, I didn't know people wanted to go to it. Like I get something, I'm like, I don't even know what that is or why you would want to attend it, and I don't know anyone there. The latest example was I had a buddy hit me up wanting tickets to go to Memorial Gym to watch Vandy, Tennessee. I understand from the Tennessee side. He said, do you know anyone selling? I just responded. I said, "Uh, everyone? Because the arena's selling it? Because no one goes to Vanderbilt basketball games? Have you seen their home games so far? I'm assuming there are tickets available for that game. But he said, Ticketmaster, no (laughs) tickets available. And I'm thinking, did you go to their box office? Because the only Vandy fans I know will go to the game. And if not, they would never sell to a Tennessee fan. But if that thing is sold out, it's going to be 95% Tennessee fans. But it just threw me off balance because every so often I get a request and I'm
0: thinking... I don't even know if you need a ticket. To I didn't out. even think about going to that game. I mean, if you I mean, Right. It took me back to like You're 1994. Allowed You're when, allowed in if you just think about going yeah, to that
1: Yeah, we live in Nashville, which is now a very cosmopolitan city. Tool is playing next door tonight, for instance. People are asking me for Tool tickets. That I get. But in 1994, when Vanderbilt was the only show in town, I understand that being the game of the year yeah. of the winner was Tennessee Vandy in basketball. I was not expecting a request for Tennessee Vandy basketball tickets this year. Would
0: you just give them Drew Maddox? What would you do?
1: I honestly thought you could just call Vandy and ask, and they'd give them to you. Like, do you want to sit up top? We got plenty of room up there. Come on. We'll allow anyone down. Just
0: buy a concession or two while you're there and help us out. Chad, Bill's Mafia. Crazy request. Um, Incredible. Crazy request. Jumping through tables, period. I would say, uh, but also getting up with uh, after lighting yourself on fire by jumping through a, a table that is uh, a flame. Look, going through uh, WWE style with a backdrop, and then, and then I guess, on fire. On fire. The the lighter fluid, I guess, uh, transfers over, and the, the Bills fan who is trying to put out the the flame. I mean, I would just start diving into the snow at that
1: point. Can we can we watch the? Let's roll this video back one more time if we can, because there's something here that is very important to note. At what point do you take your pants off here? No, uh, it's there's something else. I don't know if anybody's n- noticing what I'm noticing here. Everyone um, say notice the sweatshirt the guy's oh, wearing. Oh, he's man. a Lions fan. He is a Lions well, no, no, fan. No,
0: this is no. He's a Bills fan. They're playing the this. They're doing this fake wrestling match, and the Lions fan goes through the table. Oh,
1: so he's playing a role. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I assumed they're, they're it was a Lions together. fan that's just like, hey, I'm
1: going to go to the game because my buddy's here and I'll, I'll tailgate. And I'll let you put uh, him through a table. But I'm celebrating the Lions win uh, while I'm here is, is what I thought he was doing. No, I think that this this would be pregame for me. So, okay. If the we, sun was If up. we've reached the point of role play of the, the table bashing, know, I, usually I, it's just Bills fans just jumping into a table. Right, that's why on I'm, no, no the Lions way. fan
0: is going through a table. I would say the Bills fans are that... That crazy, not Lions.
1: I, I mean, I I just assumed it was a Lions fan. I didn't know they were role playing for the camera, and also they're playing the Chiefs. Why not wear a Chiefs shirt if you're going to role play? I don't. Are look they at it are that they way. jumping ahead of themselves and saying that we're the the I, we're the best of the losing I franchises? I don't. See, so we're going to fight the Lions. No, in this one? I,
0: I just don't see you. You have the. uh I, I, I don't think you have the the role of the. I don't think the one Lions fan is going to let himself go through a table. I don't
1: know. I, I, what I do know is there everyone a, there. By the way, the other it looked like that was another Lions fans putting him out, putting so the fire ha- out because he had the light blue. He had the Honolulu blue. So you had two Lions fans that are fighting each other. No, it's it's the not the Lions fan. Watch the Lions. Oh, I see. The Bills fans The just guy watched. that's lighting the lighting the table ablaze. Oh, I see. Notice the Honolulu blue jacket he's wearing. So I feel like this is true detective night country right now, and we're trying to solve this crime. Okay, so see, that looks like a Lions fan. Let's see if we see a Lions jersey. I can't tell. Maybe it's tell. a Jax fan. That's Honolulu blue. Teal. That's Could be a Jax fan. <laughs> Jax fan, really out of place there. Oh, so maybe you're Weather-wise, right, Weather-wise. I think only it's just a fan, Lions fan. So there
0: are like three random Lions fans
1: there. I think it's someone that invited their buddy who's a Lions fan. He said, you know what? I'm going to prove how much of a badass I am. And I, too, am going to jump through a table. At, and you know what? Let's up the ante. Let's light that bad boy on fire so while we do it. Let me, and then his buddy, who's just tagging along the tailgate, he had to be the one
0: to put, him on, uh, put the fire out. At what point is your ass on fire so bad that you take these pants off? When I'm immediately it, thinking, dude, you just... It, it, you start on, ripping it off? Yes. Well, also... Watch how he's, like, he's moving around when, so quick. Like, in, in, like
1: in weather like that, when does it stop feeling good to have your ass on fire? Because you know the first sensation is joy. Watch it. If you're that cold, right? If you're that cold and outside, the first sensation of your ass being on fire is that of joy (laughs) because you're happy to be warm in any way possible. So, at what point? It it took him a numb to be, oh man, that's actual flames. And then they went crazy and he did a stop, drop, and roll and he started to tackle them and all that. Period. They're definitely numb.
0: Also, the the amount of people.
1: We don't hear about the injuries with this, too. Because I see if I jump off just – most of these guys are – some of them are in their 20s, but most seem 30s, 40s. Never an age you should jump off of a high – anything high onto a table. But if I jump just off a truck through a table, I'm going to feel it for a few days. You're going to feel like you were in a car crash. But we never hear
0: about the injuries that happened with Bill's Mafia. Never. Yeah, you feel like uh, Johnny Knoxville at that point.
1: I mean, I, Sore. I again, the, the Lions fan part of this threw me off uh, how long it takes until it doesn't feel good anymore when it's that cold and you're on fire. So many questions but for Bills just, fans.
0: Just uh, his reaction alone would tell me that he, he felt it immediately.
1: Yeah, it was and pretty one quick. And one person was helping him. It was pretty quick. And it was the guy in the Honolulu blue jacket. It was the other Lions fan. I, right, love the I really Lions, hope it's a Jags fan. I love now. that Lions fans thought, you know, I'm feeling really good. My team just, just won. They're going to the NFC Championship game light this table on fire for me so i can jump off this truck onto it do we think he went to the game oh i think he probably went home with a lot of regret and didn't go to the game well all the bills fans did though he went home with a, a scorched rectum and a lot of regret <laughs> those are the only two things that guy went Hopefully home with. for the first time <laughs> definitely didn't go home with any women i can guarantee you that just a lot of regret
0: not many women in this in this group it takes it a special say, woman to watch a guy go to jump a through
1: Pitt. a lit table and say that's my guy you know what I love this man. See that dude over there in the Lions sweatshirt from 1989? Look like, we talked about Sports shirts. that looked like a Sports Illustrated giveaway sweatshirt. If the Lions ever won anything that you'd get for a subscription,
0: and he jumped through the table. Oh, it did. You're right. Uh, He's certainly pleased with, no matter how he feels today, certainly pleased with Jerry Goff, our first alpha of the weekend. Um, Just how comfortable the guy seems in the moment. He's got Lions fans chanting his name now prior to the both games. And he said, he told the, the broadcast crew prior to the game, when, when the wildcard weekend game, whenever he heard his name being chanted by the, the Detroit fans, he said, I just got really relaxed. Like I was into it at that point. Just very, it was cool. Instead of feeling the pressure, he enjoyed the moment. And now he's leading the team that allows Lions fans to believe in the moment. I never expected this from him. He gets traded. What'd you call it, uh, Chad? The, uh, The the hellhole of the NFL traded away from Los Angeles Siberia, Siberia NFL Siberia. I mean Matthew Stafford had to be traded to go win a Super Bowl. It's a gulag. And Jared Goff now is a game away from taking Detroit to their uh, have a chance to win their their first championship. Crazy, Alpha by Jared Goff because I completely overlooked him and put him on the back burner as soon as not just I mean even prior to the trade was just kind of an afterthought among NFL quarterbacks. And now he has the chance to be a a storyline of what is a magical season for Detroit Lions and 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 players, coaches, but specifically the fan base. Second Alpha Ravens defense.
1: What yeah. a job against a Texans offense that was on fire after eviscerating a really good Cleveland Browns defense the week before. The Ravens came to play a field goal is all the offense could do. It was a 70-yard yeah. punt return. Yeah. It was the offense for the Texans in this game. Other than that, they gave up one field goal drive
0: the entire game in a 34-10 to 10 win. Ravens defense, an alpha. And back to Bill's Mafia. Not once but twice have they had to clear snow out of Highmark Stadium. $20 an hour is what they're getting paid to do this. Uh, no. that They they would like a fire burning inside there, a few tables uh, that were on fire to, to warm – to, to warm the soul of those that have to show up and do this. I wouldn't be shocked if some of them were volunteering, Chad. No, no thank you. But Alpha, by the fan base and those uh, from the Bills Mafia that made it happen. I,
1: love, I mean, the Bills should absolutely pay them to do this, obviously. And I'm oh, they, glad they, they do. 20 bucks an hour?
0: I think Bills fans are so crazy about their team, they'd pay
1: the Bills just to get in the stadium uh, in order to do that. They just like to be down on the field clearing snow. They'd probably give them a little bit of money for the opportunity, for the privilege Of helping clear snow inside of that stadium. Very cool uh, of the Bills fans pitching in. And hey, Bills Mafia, we joke about the guy in the Lion shirt jumping in on all of them, jumping through tables. Bills fans everywhere. Four tables sometimes. They step up uh, for people all all the time. There are countless stories about money they've raised for other people, for for families that are struggling, uh, that are in Bills Mafia, other things that have happened. They've done a lot of good work too. They have. Kudos to them. They it made it
0: cool. And that was another example. It was cool already, but the fact that, you know, everyone across the country was donating to Hamlin last year. Yeah. I know you had that storyline. Well, there. how about the Hamlin fake punt attempt? Oh. That was not good. That was
1: not good. They had eight guys blocking five, and that was not a good rushing attempt no. by DeMar Ham. There's a reason he's a safety and not a running back. None of that was good. No. Wasn't all
0: on him, but nothing about that that fake punt attempt was bad. Two quick betas, Chad, and then we're going to get to the uh, the heart of the weekend, I believe. Uh, NFL teams, based on reports, Sirianni is, we know Desai's out as defensive coordinator. They may be looking at Ron Rivera. But, Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, it's reported that he's not going to be back, that they are going to part ways, um, even if he doesn't land a head coaching job. He's interviewing. He's interviewed with the Titans. He's interviewed with the Falcons. Um, I would say that Beta would be any NFL team that would hire Brian Johnson, knowing that the Philadelphia Eagles are pointing the blame at him while keeping Nick Sirianni, uh, and uh, just something being off with the Eagles offense this year. That's, to me, uh, not a good look. And also, I don't think a good look for whoever was leaking this. If you want Brian Johnson to get out and you don't want to fire him and just do it now, uh, no reason to to do that while he's interviewing for head coaching opportunities, I, even after he's done it on Zoom the week prior. Also, NFL kickers in the clutch. We, we we did not want to see Carlson get a chance to tie that game, trust me. He'd already missed the chance to extend the lead. Uh, Jordan Love, while doing... No one, any favors, did Carlson a favor by throwing that pick. And, of course, Tyler Bass, who's not going to live this down. He's taking no. – he took it he, – he did better than Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs left the locker room without speaking. Tyler Bass stood up and said, hey, uh, it's on me. That's, that's my fault. Um, kudos there, but Beta and missing the moment, and especially the way it happened wide right. And I hate it when I see that
1: because I'm thinking it's going to take a, a Super Bowl winning kick if you ever get that opportunity to erase that memory uh, yes. for, for people. That that sucks. Uh, that, that's why you hate it for the kicker. And he'll probably do it for the I don't want franchise. to pile on the guy, but it just sucks when I see that because I think that's – you're probably not going to get – the only thing you can do now is hit some miraculous kick to either get to a, a championship game, win the championship game, or win a Super Bowl. That's really all you can – and how many opportunities like that are going to arise over the course right. of a kicker's career?
0: N- not very many, unless you're Adam Vinatieri. And you hit all of them. Nance and Romo are going to have a chance, an opportunity to call the Super Bowl together uh, coming up on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, February 11th. Chad, they're talking all over each other in this uh, matchup and for the, the Bills and, and Chiefs. And it just it just comes across as just discombobulated. Is that the right word? Yeah. It's like they go into the booth together for the first time once a week. Uh, and, and that's the one time that they see each other and speak. They don't have any rhyme or cadence or rhythm or cadence to how they're calling this game. If you listen to other broadcasts, there is a rhythm to it, and these two had that, and now they don't.
1: It's it's the worst of the major network broadcasts, and I don't think it's close. I'm not talking about all the you know B C D right, yeah. E T. I'm talking about the major, the, the number one teams. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at Burkhardt and Olson on Fox, I think far better. Tarrico and Collinsworth, far better. Buck and Aikman, far better. And it has nothing to do with Jim Nance. Jim Nance is still Jim Nance. He's very good. So where's the problem? It's Romo or it's a combination of Romo and Nance and Romo together that is an issue. I mean, Tony Romo right off the bat on that batting play is confusing the Holy Roller with the Raiders with the Immaculate Reception on the not batting it forward rule. That's strike one. It's just, it's all off. And when I'm watching a broadcast... And my first thought that every time Gene Sterator speaks is Gene Sterator should be the color guy, not Tony Romo. That's a problem. They're bringing Sterator into the booth now consistently for a reason. He is the third voice on the broadcast a lot on all rules issues. It's because, honestly, Tony Romo doesn't know the rules half the time. I've heard that multiple times this year where he doesn't know the rule and is having to ask Nance about a rule clarification. And Sterator is there for that reason. Sterator is better on air.
0: He's good. Well didn't used when to be bring this way, him though. Up. You know, it's it's something something has gone missing from that, whatever the magical. Maybe touch he just was. really
1: fooled us for Any, a
0: year. Well, it was like two or three though. He's been doing this a while. Yeah. And there he was all the rage. You know, was like anybody retirements getting into bracket was it from the NFL was going to have to compare himself to Tony Romo. Well, everyone wanted to find the next Romo
1: at every yeah. other network.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jason Witten had that opportunity based on that. You know, a cowboy. I'd like to go back and listen to Witten now and see if we were too hard on
1: his uh. broadcasting. Like now that I listen to Romo, I'm thinking, was Witten really that bad, or was it just the allure of Romo having that one great year where he came out of the gates firing and was predicting every play right? And everyone loved his youthful energy that threw us off of, of someone like Jason Witten. I don't know, but he's gotten worse, and I, I don't get it. I, Tony Romo seems like a very likable dude. Yeah. He seems genuinely excited about calling the games. It's just, it's not working. It's it not. Is not it's, it's not working. And again, I, I will argue, Gene Steratore is a better color commentator with Jim Nance and broadcaster with him than, than Romo. I know that's unconventional. I'd rather hear a former lead official in the booth, and Tony Romo right now calling the
0: entire game, not just rules issues. Chad, uh, coming up, I, I have an honorable mention, if I may, for Alpha of the weekend. Okay. Plus, um, there's an NCAA investigation going on at the University of Florida that, well, they may get hammered. And uh, Caitlin Clark uh, hammered. Trying to leave the court as Ohio State wins. Or was she? Or was she? Did we see another WWE move? Could be. A little bit of soccer involved in this one, I feel like. That's straight ahead on Hot Trying to get the red card.